0: It's a pleasure to have you listening to my show today. My sincerest desire is for you to get something from it that will make your life richer, fuller, and safer. My name is Reverend Wynn Henderson. As an ordained Christian minister and a retired medical doctor, I have a dual perspective to bring you content to solve problems in your life. This podcast is the longest running single hosted, spiritually based radio internet talk show in America. It's been on the air for over 24 years. I bring you information about the disease of addiction, about your purpose in life, and investigative reporting on truth just below the surface. Our guest today is Dr. Ralph LaGuardia, Ralph a medical doctor, and he has written a fabulous book called The Bible of Alternative Medicine. It's going to be a three-part series, and we're going to get into part one tonight. I was uh, looking at his book, which is almost 600 pages. It's uh, your research for alternative ways to treat almost any medical problem you will come across. Uh, It's jam-packed with easy-to-read information on every medical problem from head to toe and multiple ways of treating each problem, all without a prescription. Would you like to learn why the vast majority of people are taking vitamins wrong and how to easily correct it? Are you sick of the flu shot? Would you like to learn what's eight times more effective? Are you interested in learning the secret to robust good health that is for your feet? Learn about the almost unknown nutrient made in soil that opens up your body cells, allowing life-enhancing nutrients to effortlessly flow in. Learn about the vortexes of plankton scattered all over the world's oceans and their life-enhancing nutrients that are eaten by everything from krill to whales and how it can supercharge your health and immunity. Learn how to make everything from your own super potent antibiotics to waste and sunblock, all with over-the-counter ingredients. It will also teach you how to make your own alternative natural medicine chest. Uh, Dr. LaGuardia has been on the program twice before, talking about his book, Infected, Secrets from the Medical Underground, how to prevent and treat any infection. And you can go back in archives and listen to these two programs. Uh, They are programs 1046 and 1047 Uh, and just uh, see what uh, Dr. LaGuardia had to say about these two topics. And uh, now we're going to talk about the Bible of Alternative Medicine. Ralph, it's great to have you back on the program again.
1: Thank you, Wynn. I appreciate you having me.
0: Okay, this is a big book. In fact, it's the biggest book that I've ever done on my show in 24 years. Uh, So you get the the big book award. (laughs) It means that there's lots of information here, and everybody should have a copy of this to go to first when they have questions about their medical care and about problems in their lives. When would you um, recommend uh, they use the alternative medicine approach? And you're a... a, uh, conventional medical doctor and when to make an appointment with your conventional medical doctor?
1: Well, I mean, what I practice is called integrative medicine. And what that means is I combine the best of both worlds, the best of alternative medicine and the best of traditional medicine. And I I find that's a very potent model. Um, There's a lot of nonsense, as you know, you're a medical doctor in some of the medical um stuff that we promote or not us but you know medicine in general and in the alternative world there's tons of snake oil and just worthless things that they try to sell to you um over the years I've been doing this for 35 years and over the years I've learned the difference of what, what's real and what's not and uh I and I've learned also learned which are the most potent of both models to use And I find that when I use them together, it gets uh, really good results. Well,
0: I know (laughs) that uh, somebody's probably got my number because I get um, advertisements all the time. Try this alternative pill or that one, and it will take weight off of you, or it will make you sleep better or whatever. And 90% of the ones that I try don't work. So I know what you're talking about.
1: Right. And unfortunately, billions and billions of dollars of of worthless junk is sold to the public every year. That was my incentive for writing the book. I had so many patients that would ask me, Doc, why don't you write a book about this? Because, you know, it's so useful. I want to give it to my friends. And so I realized the public really had nowhere to go to look for this stuff. Yes, they go online and look up each individual thing, perhaps. uh, But there was no source that laid it all out for them. So what I wanted to do, and I, and I wrote it in a way, as I write all my books, I write them in a way that's very user-friendly. You don't have to be a physician. You don't have to be a nurse. You don't have to have any medical knowledge. Every time I use a term that I think the public will not know, I define it right there. And so you don't have to go looking in the back and, oh, what does this mean? You know? And so it makes the flow of the book very easy, and it makes it it's a reference source. I mean, it's, it's a great book if you have a sore throat or a headache or you're getting a rash and you don't know what to do, um, you know, things of that nature. And what, what I found was that I think that, uh, I mean, we're designed by God to be a per- the perfect machine. I mean, the human body, as you know, is unbelievably well-designed. However, it needs certain things to keep that, to keep functioning properly. And some of them are very basic. You know, you need to be well hydrated. The, no one who's, who's dehydrated is in good health. It just, just doesn't go together. You have no way to get rid of liquid waste from your body unless you dissolve it in water-soluble and, and chip it out through your kidneys or defecate it. There's only a few ways to get waste out of your body or exhale it. <clears throat> but for the most part, that's why hydration is key, and I always explain that to patients. And, I, and so just to make it easier for them, because they never really seem to understand if they're hydrated or not, I tell them to look in the mirror. Look at your tongue. If your tongue's not wet, you're not hydrated. Your tongue should be wet. If you have a cat's tongue, you're dehydrated. And, there's, you know, there's other ways to do it as well, tinting of the skin, as you know, but that's more exotic. The easiest thing is just to show them their tongue. So I try to empower patients. I say, look, there's certain things you have to do. A, you have to get a good night's sleep. Sleep is essential. That allows your body to repair itself. It allows your mind to to relax, and unplug, and review what you what went over during the day for you, and incorporate it into your memory, and and it allows you to repair your body to repair itself at night. In um, that hydration, and other things that one of my pet peeves is sunshine. I mean, sunlight has been demonized in present day America. I mean. Everyone I see has low vitamin D levels because we get vitamin D from sun striking our skin. Now it's interesting, you know, we're, we're designed. Everyone, dermatologists will tell you never go out in the sun. That's pure nonsense. If if going out in the sun gave people skin cancer, years ago everyone would have had skin cancer. It would have been epidemic. Would have been killing people in their twenties and thirties because before the present generation, everyone stayed outside all the time. Now, I always use the example of Yankee farmers from New England. Now, they were all of Irish, German, Scandinavian, Polish extraction, Russian, and they were not dark people. Uh, You know, they had low melanin uh, counts in their skin. They were very fair-skinned. However, if you look at photos of them, you'll see that uh, they're deeply tanned because they were staying out just like we're designed. They were staying out for the whole year and so as the days got longer their sun exposure got stronger and they became deeply tanned you never see you never heard about skin cancer and problems with them and even today construction workers have a lower rate of skin cancer than office workers and i always say to dermatologists well how do you explain that you know and plus a lot of people get skin cancer in areas that that you know are, you wouldn't expect it in and it's it's because skin cancer comes from being burnt repeatedly it does not come from being exposed to the sun. It comes from sunburns. And you'll never get sunburned if you acclimate yourself to the sun. So what I try to teach my patients is to get stay, spend more time outside. I mean, nothing is healthier. Fresh air outside, birds singing. I mean, you know, that's you never get closer to God than when you're outside, in my, in my opinion, out in nature. Uh, and so I try to encourage them. I tell them, look, even if you're really fair-skinned, Start off with 15 minutes, a half hour of sun, early in the season, every day. Not midday sun, early morning sun, late afternoon sun. And then get slowly acclimated to that. If your skin gets a little red, fine, stop. But each time as you do it, your skin will get acclimated to it, and you won't get burnt, and you'll you'll be safe, and you'll you'll also get the other benefits of sun exposure, which, ironically, lowers your cholesterol, because, vitamin D. Is made from a cholesterol backbone, as you know. And so the, but so if you're getting, if you if your sun is striking your skin, and that's producing vitamin D, that's lowering your cholesterol as well. It also lowers your blood pressure. It also improves your mood. And then when, and that's this is by design. This isn't by chance. You know, God has this whole plan, and it's perfect. And what happens is people interfere with it, and they wonder why they're not healthy. I mean, they look ghost white when they come in. These kids have ne- never play outside anymore. And if they do, they're covered with sunblock. And so the ultimate irony is that, oh, my dark-skinned patients, my black patients who are dark, the darker they are, the lower their vitamin D levels, Which, because they have natural sunblock built into them. But they're in the same boat as the fair-skinned white patients who go outside and never get exposed wearing sunblock. And so they, they too, don't have high vitamin D levels. Um, and so... That, and vitamin D improves mood. It it has protein benefits that we're learning about. I mean, just in the last decade, the vitamin D research has exploded, and all of it's good. I mean, it, you know, it shows all kinds of benefits, boosting your immune system, building strong bones, protecting your heart, uh, I, as I said, protecting mood and different things. So I always encourage people to take their vitamin D if, you know. Now, that being said, from... Um, November 1st until April 1st, if you're below uh, North Carolina, actually, where you are, um, if you're above, excuse me, north of, of, of North Carolina, you, the sun is at an angle, and it, you won't produce vitamin D during those months. And so you have to supplement it. So what I tell my patients here in Connecticut is when the leaves drop, you take your vitamin D. When the leaves come out again, stop taking and spend time outside.
0: Let me ask you a now, question about yeah. vitamin D levels. What is too low, and can you overdose, take too much supplemental vitamin
1: D? Yes, you certainly can. It, uh, the, vitamin, the vitamin D level that is typically quoted, for example, from Quest Diagnostics, if you order a vitamin D level, they, they say the uh, upper limit of normal is 30. That's pure nonsense. No one, no one thinks that's true. I don't know where they came up with that number, but the actual sweet spot for vitamin D is a sixty to eighty range. Now, you brought up a good point. Vitamin D is fat soluble. Um, just like vitamins A, D, E, and K, all four of them and multivitamins, are all fat soluble. All B, all the B complex vitamins and vitamin C are water soluble. So those soluble means what you need to dissolve them. And so all you have to take you could take vitamin or well, any B vitamin and any C vitamin any vitamin C on an empty stomach. That's no problem because you always have water in you. Multivitamins vitamins A D E and K you have to take with fat or you won't absorb them. And that goes that goes right through you. I had an interesting run-in with uh, the powers that be here in Connecticut because they were giving me a hard time about COVID. And they was you know, I was saying look you know I, I shocked them I said not only uh, have I not had a flu shot in 30 years, I said, I've not had the flu, and I'm in primary care. I'm exposed to flu all day, every day. I said, how could that be? I said, because flu, flu is a vitamin D deficiency. It's nothing else. And that's, that's how you treat it. You treat it, and you prevent it with vitamin D. There are studies that show vitamin D, as you mentioned in, your, in the prologue, is eight times more effective than a flu shot, keeping your vitamin D within a good range. You know, and so that's why I encourage my patients to do. I've got nothing against the flu shot, but you're much. It's much healthier. There's no good side effects to the flu shot. There's tons of great side effects to taking vitamin D. And so, you know, I tell patients you got to take it with a fatty meal. And what does that mean? That means any oils, liquid fat at room temperature. So if you have them take it with, I tell them take put some olive oil on a salad if you're not sure. Any fried food, any pizza, anything like that is fine. There's enough fat in it. You know, people. You know, I have been programmed to be on low-fat diets and fat is bad. Another complete mistake. Fat is, fat is essential for your health, evidenced by the fact that there are essential fatty acids. What essential means is things you can't get in your diet, uh, in, uh, excuse me, your body can't make. You have to get in your diet. That And there's essential amino acids, which are proteins. There's no essential carbohydrates because your body can make, carbohydrates from fat or protein but you can't do it the other way around carbohydrates you can't make protein or fat from carbohydrates and so you don't really need any carbs i'm not saying you shouldn't have any carbs in your diet but it's not essential but fat is and for 40 years we've been telling people to go on a low-fat diet no fat fat's bad fat's bad Fat. your cholesterol will be terrible all nonsense even the even the key studies that was based all of the cholesterol was based on this whole cholesterol phenomenon it was done he, in the 19 late 50s. Uh, Dr. Keyes did it, and his studies he had, he, he studied 27 countries and the effect of cholesterol and saturated fat on their diet and their health. Well, 20 of the countries didn't read, didn't match the the narrative he wanted to push, and so he threw those out. He only based it on seven countries that he could that would justify his his theory of cholesterol. So from the beginning, that's been the low-fat craze has been based on faulty science, and just last couple of years they're finally saying saturated fats good for you, and so, you know, I, I, the old and once again, back to the basics, in the old days eating whole, drinking whole milk, eating you know cheeses and red meats, and you know it was good, for you. it wasn't bad for you, but now that you know they're pushing all of this, and as a consequence, I mean there's i I think there's been horrible ramifications for people's health, including their mental health, because all the fat soluble vitamins are also crossed into the blood brain barrier and essential for your good brain health and things like fish oil uh, you know, and you great for you you know and uh there's no downside to this stuff, but the public doesn't know it and it's, and it's sad
0: I want to go back uh to a previous question: upper limits of vitamin d three can be harmful, yep. what uh, uh, limit should you hold your vitamin D supplement to? And I think that I am taking 10,000 units uh, now uh, per day. How often but, per day? Per day. but
1: With fat, right?
0: Well, I am going to start with fat now. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that. But, I, but I, yeah. I will, but um, back during COVID, I took 20,000 a day, and I got levels of um, pretty close to 100. Um, hmm. Why should uh, someone say, wow, that's too much, I don't need to take that much
1: vitamin D? Um, well, like I said, a sweet spot is 60 to 80. Up to, Higher than 100, I would back off on it. Um, you know, there was... Um, there was some vitamin A and vitamin D toxicity with, this, with the polar explorers, a bird and a few other ones. They ate polar bear, polar bear liver, and they got vitamin A toxicity, which is fat-soluble. They also ate some other parts of the polar bear which gave them huge amounts of vitamin D, and they were hallucinating and became, became very sick over it. Um, and so there is, there is side effects to it. The vast majority of people don't even come close to it. I, you know Now, when you say vitamin D2 is vitamin D2 and vitamin D3, D3 is the one you want. It's more active. And um, I, I, I typically start patients on 50,000 units of D3 once a week and, um, and just make try to make it easier for them, you know, and tell them, do pick a day, Sunday or whatever day of the week. Don't forget, take it then. But it's much better to take it the way you're taking it daily, just that most people, you know, just drop off and don't do it that way. Um, I would I would say... Five to five to ten thousand international units of vitamin D3 daily should do the trick for you. Okay. You know you should be okay with that.
0: I've had people tell me, well, I get vitamin D in my multiple vitamins, so therefore I don't need to supplement. But when you go back, you find out that uh, even even the good multiple vitamins, they don't have but a thousand units in it, and uh, that's not
1: Typically, good. they have four hundred. It's it's real low. Yeah. And uh, you're right. It's just not I mean, p- patients think that multivitamins are a cure all for everything. And, and 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 like I said, I I have a ton of. I I love when I get a new patient that come in and I'm doing their history the first time, my intake history, and I'm talking to them and they go they interrupt me and they go, Doc, I know everything about my vitamins. I've been taking them since I was a little kid. And invariably, they're taking them on an empty stomach. or you know, doing this crazy stuff. That's why if you take them on an empty stomach, you will they'll make you nauseous because you're really not used to it. But, um, you know, you just, I, I tell them i got bad news, You've been, except for the B and C, we weren't absorbing any of the rest. And so people, you know, because when we were kids, they would tell us to take our vitamins in the morning. But at the time, we were eating breakfast with whole milk and cereal and whatever we were eating, toast and butter. And so we had enough fat, mm-hmm. you know, typically in those days. It was before the low-fat low craze, so hardly anyone drank skim milk when we were kids. Um, and so, you know, they were okay in those days. But then they extended it extended to adults, and they went into a low-fat craze and didn't get it. But when it came to COVID, you know, you mentioned that a little earlier. The, there's always studies that show, oh, vitamin D doesn't work for COVID. Very ambivalent stuff. Vitamin D does work. It doesn't work. I read every study, and all of them, uh, the vast majority of them.
0: Ralph are you still there? Well, we just had uh, a little technical difficulty. The call got dropped, but uh, Ralph's back on the uh, line with me now, and we'll start back uh, where we left off. Do you remember where that was?
1: I think I, I kept talking, so I wasn't sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was talking about, I think I believe I was talking about children and how in, when we were young, we inadvertently were taking our vitamins with fatty meals just because our meals all had a lot of fat in them,
0: and uh,
1: we didn't suffer at all from it. What I was saying was that um, when you get to COVID and stuff, the studies that they all had show that um, by some show vitamin D worked very few. Most show it didn't do anything, and I, I, I meticulously went through all of those studies, every single one of them, and they were flawed because they, almost to a, to a person, they didn't uh, advise the patients to take it with a fatty meal. So it was completely random whether they were absorbing the vitamin D or not, hence making the results invalid. Um, but vitamin D works for all respiratory tract infections especially, and uh, it helps your immune system overall. But flu is a vitamin D deficiency, and you can prove that by looking at the geographic distribution of it. When it strikes in the United States, it strikes us in the winter. And what happens is, even if you're outside a lot in the summertime, you, vitamin D is fat soluble, so you'll store that fat, that, that vitamin in your fat, so you'll have access to it. And we know that from submariners. They just the Navy did studies on sub, submarine sailors and found that um, they they didn't give them any supplementation. They checked their blood every few weeks, and they found out that if they from September, if they went underwater in September, hence no sunlight, um, their vitamin D levels, if they had enough stored in their fat, it would last them to around December or January, depending on the person. Well, guess what? That's when flu season comes. And so uh, that's not, you know, by mistake. And in, in the southern hemisphere, it's just the opposite. Their flu season is, is the opposite of ours. So why would that be? If, if it didn't have anything to do with vitamin D. And if you go to the equator, there are flu seasons all year round. And so, uh, you know, there's been some interesting studies. There was a doctor in a prison in Washington State, two huge buildings, a couple thousand prisoners each one, one doctor running one, one doctor running the other. The one doctor was an integrative doctor like myself, and he was curious to see, and he supplemented all the prisoners with vitamin D, gave it to them at mealtime, had them all take it. They had a huge flu outbreak that year. All the guards in that prison got it, but none of the prisoners. All the all the prisoners and the guards in the other prison got it, because they didn't have vitamin D. So clearly, it works. I mean, I'm I'm a testimony that. Thirty years, you know, how we primary care people are sneezing in my face, shaking my hand all day, every day, and if I never having a flu shot, you would think I would have the flu every year but I never get it because I, I go to the trouble of boosting my immune system with that and vitamin C and other things.
0: Well, let me make a statement and see if you agree. The one thing that you can do to give you the best chance of not getting COVID would be to make sure that you have good vitamin D3 levels.
1: Uh, yeah, it's one of the most important ones. I'd say, yes, I agree with that. You know, now, that being said, I use in my book "Infected." I talk about the gang of seven that I use to treat COVID, flu, any infection, viral infection. And what that includes is um, vitamins A, C, and D. Um, vitamin A also helps respiratory tract infections, and uh, vitamin C boosts your immune system overall. And so I use those three. And A just like vitamin D, vitamin A is fat soluble, so you have to take it with fat. And I also have them to use zinc, iodine, selenium uh, as minerals because zinc, uh, 200 enzyme systems in your body require it, and a lot of them that work in your immune system require it. Zinc is also viricidal. It kills viruses. Um, All viruses I know of are susceptible to zinc. And um, iodine, every cell in your body needs iodine. Iodine is, is another thing that everyone is depleted of these days because it's depleted in the soils. And so consequently, it's depleted in patients all the time. And it, the real crime there with iodine is that iodine in pregnancy, you know, we know that low iodine levels in pregnancy will lead to cretinism. You'll be um, mentally retarded, have a small brain, and you die early. But what they don't tell you is that if you supplement iodine during pregnancy, you'll raise the IQ of the fetus 20 points on average. Wow. Right right there, that should be in every obstetrician's handbook. They should be telling women, take your iodine. Now, I give it to my patients in the form of kelp, which is organic, it's easily absorbed, uh, and it also contains all the essential amino acids with it. You know, it's a crime what we're doing to pregnant women, giving them synthetic vitamins and telling them not to do this, not to do that. In the old days, they would make them eat liver once a week, eggs every day, uh, and take iodine supplements. And, and it worked well. You know, women were healthy. You didn't need all this other stuff. Liver, as you know, is a nutrient powerhouse, it's full of all kinds of minerals, trace elements, proteins, fats, everything you need. And, and eggs are also a great whole food. And so get back to the basics. I tell the patients all the time, do this. Trust me. You know, iodine has no downside to it. It's, it's uh, Physicians, for some reason, are afraid of giving iodine. If you just look at the statistics, Japan has the highest iodine intake in the world because of their, their, their eat a huge amount of seaweed and fish and things that contain a lot of iodine from the ocean. They have 20 times more iodine intake than the average American. And they have virtually no breast cancer. They have virtually no fibrocystic breasts. They have no cystic ovaries. All cysts, uh, breast cysts, ovarian cysts, are iodine deficiencies. And uh, you know, and, and it's just a, it's just a crime that we're not supplementing iodine. But your iodine, your immune system also needs iodine. And so, iodine, selenium is key as well. Uh, that boosts your immune system. It's also very good to have, and it also lowers cancer rates big time. And so I give them zinc, selenium, iodine, vitamins A, C, and D. I also give them quercetin. Uh, quercetin is a bioflavonoid from plants, and it has it is same during the COVID madness when they had hydroxychloroquine, they were demonizing it. Hydroxychloroquine is terrible, terrible. Well, it wasn't terrible. It was plaquenil. We gave it for decades to people with lupus and rheumatoid arthritis, and it worked great. Didn't cause any heart problems. Didn't didn't have any side effects. Anyway, what, how that works is uh, for a virus, any virus, is it opens up a pathway into the cell, um, and it allows it, it's called an ionophore. It opens an ion channel into the cell, where positive ions like zinc, for example, the outside of the cell is positive, so it repels zinc, and so you, you know like charges repel, and so you, but if you cloak it and in quercetin, and it goes into the cell, it, caught, it winds up, um, you can give zinc with it, and zinc. zinc goes into the cell. It doesn't kill the virus. It prevents it from replicating it, which is just what you want anyway. And so it stops it from replicating. When they first gave hydroxychloroquine during COVID, they didn't give it with zinc, and it didn't work. And then they gave it with zinc, and it worked. But you can get quercetin, it does the same thing, it's over-the-counter, and it works. So, you know, that's the Achilles heel for all these viruses. I've studied virology for quite a while, being the, the nerd that I am. And so I, uh, And I would see it over and over again. This is a common denominator for killing viruses or not killing them, like I said, preventing their applications, is zinc. So why not give it? And, and there are some products out there, cold ease and different things that have zinc in them um, that work good. Airborne, I think, has zinc in them too. And so, you know, the public is learning a little bit about it. But, you know, these are all things you can get over-the-counter and get them together, and it's, they're cheap, they're highly effective, and, and they work. And the beautiful part is they have no side effects, unlike synthetic medications, as you know, that have tons of side effects or drug interactions between them. Let me, uh, not-
0: let me ask you another question, back up into iodine. Um People who are listening to you are going to say, I don't know anything about kelp. Is there any any other way of getting
1: iodine? Oh yeah, there's tons of ways. Kelp, kelp is you can buy it on Amazon's for a cheap. Uh, that's the easiest way to get, it, and that's the most natural. But there's also um, you can get potassium iodine tablets, same thing they give to you give you when you're exposed to radiation. Um, they're they're over the counter, they're cheap, and uh, you can take one of those a day. And the reason they they give it to you for radiation is because your thyroid gland is very susceptible to radioactive iodine from nuclear bombs and so if you flood your body with non-radioactive iodine it'll prevent the uptake of that uh, if there if you had a radiation exposure and so that's the reason they get that but you can also use betadine um, um, there you know and there's things called nascent iodine drops that you can take all of which are well absorbed you can absorb absorb iodine right through your skin you can just paint it on it'll, it'll go right into your blood and you'll absorb it your body needs it that much. In fact, that's a good way to tell how bad, how deficient you are. Without a blood test, you put some on, and if you paint it on yourself and it disappears quickly, you know you're really deficient. If it takes an hour or so, then you know you have decent levels. But I guarantee you, very few of our, your if your listeners will have decent levels of iodine unless they're supplementing it. But you know, it's so it's a wonderful thing to have. I also talk to in infected about using iodine um, with. Hydrogen peroxide and saline nebulizing it, uh, putting in a nebulized little breathing machine, which are very cheap. They're like 80 bucks online. And you, you mix normal saline. With, you can't use water because it's too hypotonic. It's, it, it'll draw fluid into the lung. But if you use saline and you put some uh, peroxide in it, you do like 4 to 1 or 5 to 1 saline to peroxide. And you put a drop of iodine in there. That's really potent inhalation. You inhale that, and it kills everything in your lung. It clears out your lung. Because hydrogen peroxide is H2O2, and it breaks down to water and oxygen. So it's completely benign. The iodine you need, so that doesn't do anything. And the saline's no problem. It's just salt water. So
0: we've been talking about a lot of things um, that people need to know about, but uh, they're not going to get all the information. On our shows So tell them how to get a copy of this Great book uh, The Bible of Alternative Medicine
1: You can go online to get it on Amazon It's actually currently sold out It sold out yesterday But it's uh, I shipped new ones to them today So they should have it in a day or two uh, All three of my books The Bible of Alternative Medicine Infected Secrets from the Medical Underground And The Doomsday Book of Medicine Um, are all available online. Uh, You can get them all. Um, So, you know, it's easy to get them there. That's the easiest way to do it.
0: Um, Before we uh, end uh, this uh, program, I want you to tell us about the Hall of Fame Immune Well...
1: Well, in one of the earlier chapters in the book, I talk about the Hall of Fame of things to boost your immune system. Stuff like uh, astaxanthin. Uh, astath- astaxanthin is a tongue twister. It's a carotenoid similar to carrots and carotene. Uh, it's what gives lobster and shrimp uh, their red color and krill. Um, and that, the reason they get it, they turn that red color is because they eat a algae that has that in it. And as it concentrates in them, it provides that. Well, as it turns out, astaxanthin is unbelievably strong uh, antioxidant. It's 550 times stronger than vitamin E, and 6,000 times stronger than vitamin C. So it's you know it's a great supplement. know and I use some natural stuff too. Colostrum is another. Way. That's one of the first uh, from a mammal, the first uh, milk that they have, and that's loaded. With um, anti excuse me antibodies, because what happens is the mother uh, wants the mother cow wants to give it to the to calf and nourish them, and it wants to protect them from any diseases they would have around the time of their birth. So it's loaded with that. I also use colostrum is interesting. I use it with collagen um, to heal the co- the colon and the intestines, and um, you know, I've, I've been very successful using that. Um, it, you know, it works really good for that. But in the intestines, it's interesting. All the cells in the body require gl- glucose to live on, except the the intest- small and large intestine. The small intestine requires an amino acid called L-glutamine for nourishment, and the large intestine needs medium-chain triglycerides, in which I do I supplement with uh, coconut oil, and that provides that. But so what I do with patients who have colitis and, and problems besides giving them probiotics, I give them collagen. Colostrum, L glutamine and um, coconut oil and you'd be amazed how fast their their bowels heal up because you're providing all the nutrients to it you're soothing it and you're providing tons of antibodies in there from the colostrum and it's all natural it has no side effects and I mean collagen is wonderful for your whole body It's the most abundant protein in the body. Um, it's in every organ. It's every structural protein that you need, your skin, your hair, everything, your bones. And so it's good to have that. And, you know, like we're getting back to the same thing. with the old. In the old days, people slaughtered an animal. They ate it nose to tail. They didn't just take the, uh, you know, now they take, you know, skinless chicken. We're removing all the collagen, all the good stuff from it. And so, and then they would take the bones in the old days. They, you know, they make bone broth, remember? They'd soak, you know, keep that thing brewing in the kitchen in a big pot. That was loaded with collagen. Great for you. You know, these are all, you know, these, all these old wives' tales. That, you know, a lot of this stuff has truth to it. You know, and a lot of this, these old traditional things, eating fermented foods, fabulous for you. We're the only culture in the world that has really no fermented foods in our diet. Everyone else has all, all kinds. I mean, if you go to Korea, they eat kimchi. If you go, you know, anywhere else in the world, the Germans are eating sauerkraut. Everyone's eating all kinds of fermented foods but us. You know, our foods become processed, devoid of minerals and trace elements because the soil is bad, <clears throat> and they're giving us the food that looks good, but it has very little nutritional content. And if you do, they have studies that show just in the last 30 years, apples alone are 20 times less nutritious than they were 30 years ago. All these different fruits, they look good, but they're, they're empty, they're hollow, and that leads to overeating because people, their bodies, it's not nourishing your body, so your body's not content. it'll eat it, and you say, God, I'm still hungry, I just ate. You know, because you're you're, you're not getting, your body's craving nutrients, it's not craving the garbage we're giving it. And so that's why I always go back to the same theme, get back to basics, back to health, back to eating whole foods, you know, organic if you can, grow your own. And what I do for minerals and trace elements is to incorporate it into the soil. You know, you grow your own food, great. Do it organically, but also, I mean, you, you, the plants cannot create things in the soil that don't exist. So you, <clears throat> I take a product called <clears throat> Azomite, which is, stands for minerals from A to Z and trace elements, and it's a I buy forty-five pounds of powder, and I just work that into my soil in my greenhouse and in my raised beds outside when I grow vegetables, and that provides all the nutrients a plant needs. I also provide uh, kelp to the soil, and that provides iodine and trace elements and, and amino acids. And so if you incorporate this stuff into I have, a, I have a horse farm, so I use horse manure and mix it together with that stuff, and it winds up just being really earthy, rich smelling stuff, and the plants go crazy. They just grow abundantly and you don't need insecticides or fungicides with them because a healthy plant doesn't need that. All right. Insects leave couple leaves would be okay, but, you know, once again, nature provides for it. Um,
0: Well, uh, Ralph, we've uh, run out of time for tonight. Uh, I wanted to talk about mushrooms and their benefits, essential oils and their uses, and uh, you just hit garden soil. So those two I will bring up to start off the program next time, which covers Non-prescription medications, sodium bicarb, baking soda, DMSO, honey, epsom salt, a little bit more on iodine, activated charcoal, and vinegar, and uh, anything else that you'd like to add. Before before we uh, quit for the evening.
1: Um, no, I would just I would just stress to patients that if if you're capable of it, roll your own food. It'll a It'll hold you over for any famines you might encounter or any weird supply chain problems. But also, you you can control your own destiny by giving your family nutrient-rich foods that will nourish them. And that will provide more for them than any medicine they could ever have.
0: Great advice. And now, everybody, eat two apples a day to keep the doctor away. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Okay. My mission of purpose in life is to spread the message that there is a cure for every addictive behavior. And this is a spiritual cure. And the treatment program is profiled in my book, Freedom from Addiction for the Final Message. Uh, you can get it on Kindle and Amazon. And we'll be having a soft copy come out uh, very shortly. If you meet uh, three. Simple criteria, everyone gets cured from their addiction. Now, I have three free resources where you can start your educational journey. The first is a link to this podcast. Share it with your family, friends, and associates. The link is freedomfromaddiction.libson.com. No caps, no spaces, and spell Libson, L-I-B as in boy, S-Y-N. The second is a link to my website where you can find out more about my work with addiction. It is www.revwinhendersonmd.com. And the final resource is my Twitter account. Search for at Hugo the Artist on Twitter.com. There you will find over 2,300 inspirational and educational daily pearls of wisdom. Paul, well, thank you for being on the program again, and we're going to do oh, it again. You. We're going to do it again twice. So, all right, good. I appreciate
1: it. Oh, no, I appreciate it, and thank you very much for having me.